Welcome to Wise Health for Women Radio with Linda Prater. Women are pressed daily to give more, learn more, and be more, often at the expense of mind, body, or spirit. Each week with intriguing guests and topics, we'll bring you fresh ways to view your limited time, encouraging a shift to new, healthier perspectives. Wise Health for Women Radio, helping women thrive. And now here's your host, Linda Prater. Good morning. We are so glad that you have joined us today. I'm Linda Crater, and we have a wonderful show ahead for you. You're listening to Wise Health for Women Radio, and we're going to talk today about burnout, chronic stress, the importance of self-care, and understanding how to read your body, your mind, and knowing how to be at your best, and how we get there. And the problem is it's too easy for us to find the stress and and start to notice, or maybe you don't notice, some of the key signs that tell you you're pushing too hard. But we can work on this. And we have Tabitha Scott joining us today, who is a a wonderful woman who has been talking about this topic internationally. And she wrote a wonderful book called Trust Your Animal Instincts. And I want to bring her to us today because we all need some help in learning how to manage the chronic stresses of today. Just talking to people is exhausting these days. So, Tabitha, welcome to Wise Health for Women Radio. Hi, Linda. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. And I I think the topic is one that nearly everybody has experienced from time to time and unfortunately tend to repeat And unless you tune in and understand your, quote, animal instincts, you really do not, you end up there more often than not. And it's hard sometimes to see the patterns in our own behavior. So I wonder if you would tell us your personal story, what brings you to write the book, and where your passion lies. Sure. My personal story starts with growing up on a small farm in Kentucky with elementary school teachers as parents. And Mm -hmm. so I had this wonderful opportunity to learn all about animals. I also connected with them. I had many pets and they taught us that every animal, even though it might seem scary or unusual, had a really important purpose, just like Mm. each person. And so it's through that lens and perspective that um, set the stage for growing up. And then whenever I became an executive, which uh, the majority of my career has been as a renewable energy executive. And Mm -hmm. so I have credentials in both electrical engineering as well as human biofield. I studied human vibrational medicine and energy healing techniques, Mm -hmm. both from ancient to modern day physics um, and how the body relates because we are made of energy. And it's so interesting with that perspective and background, you mentioned the words tuning in. Mm -hmm. And because we're made of vibrations, because we all have the same growth curve, plants, animals, people, and even organizations, they use Mm -hmm. that same S curve, that growth curve. That's true. Growth, maturity, and decline. Anything living is going through the same vibes. And that's why in our language, we talk about it. We talk about having a high vibe experience, being in sync with someone. She Mm -hmm. lit up the room. I'm enlightened. I'm burnt out. I'm disconnected. I feel (laughs) off balance, you know? And so it's throughout our language, both at work 
and at home. And you mentioned noticing those signs mm -hmm. of stress. And so a psychological discussion might talk about how you feel and your emotions, but an energetic discussion through the lens of an energist, if you will, um, we would say that you are tuned in or you would trust your instincts. Um, mm -hmm. You would tune into how you're feeling, how your body is. And so when you're thinking those words like, I feel off balance, I feel disconnected, that's your body's way of telling you something is off, something is wrong. Right. And with your work, you know that when you do that too often and you ignore it or you just try to power Push through it, it right. then you create illness and you know things to come up on your body like stress. But I love the the dichotomy of your your background because more and more these days, you'll hear people talking about grounding, um, walk in the grass, put your feet in the earth. That's why gardening tends to mm -hmm. help people. It's why water is so healing in so many ways. And I think that sometimes the simplest things could be done if you knew that they were there, if you felt worthy enough of taking heed of doing those things, which I think we have a problem with sometimes. And I think that it, it is also something that we need to know for our own patterns of behavior and, and what stresses us and, and what are the signs and signals? Because if you catch them early, you won't get to burnout. And I'm right. hoping you can help us with that today because the stress levels don't appear to be going down. Although going back <laughs> centuries, it, it appears that everybody had their own stresses. We, we think we're so unique, but we're really not. We are, though, better at identifying ways to help if we heed those things. That's right. You know, the World Health Organization, they dubbed burnout as a syndrome in 2019 because it's so prolific and it's affecting our health so much. Mm -hmm. And whether it's the pace of change, you know, the technological change today compared to the year 2000, the entire year of 2000, the technology at the change, mm -hmm. the whole year is now replicated every 30 seconds. That's frightening. It's math that makes my head explode. Mm -hmm. And when you think about that in our 24 seven news cycles and the stress, mm. um, understanding this bridge. And I think, you know, Linda, I'm a fan of your work because you are one of these bridge people between <laughs> logic, science, and spirituality, mm -hmm. because um, they're not an either or thing. It's an yeah. and. And science and logic reinforces what's happening spiritually. So like you said, drinking water helps. It's water has a higher vibe than um, a higher frequency than our bodies do. And so putting it in your body or taking a shower or jumping putting in your the water, feet in the, in the, in the ocean. Yeah. I mean, the things that soothe. A charge. Well, it's, but it's, people don't realize that they just think that's my happy place. Right. But if they, if, when you're putting it together for them, that there is actually science behind all of this. There is science behind water on your head and, and an increase in creativity. I, it, it, I used to think I had shower epiphanies and I was totally unique. No, <laughs> <laughs> I, I still have shower epiphanies, but I now know that I'm not unique. It's, it's, a, it's a higher vibe thing. And 
finding the things that you love, finding the things that make you happy and bring your vibe up. What are the things you're doing when you lose track of time, when you're right. in flow, when you forget mm-hmm. to eat? Those are your high vibe states, right. things. And doing more of them will get you back in sync. It will help you from being drained by the uncertainty and the fear around you, whether that's online or it's real um, in your presence is what I mean by real. It's all real. But um, to bring it back up, you need to surround yourself and or do the things that bring your vibe up. Thank you. It's, it's, it's so interesting that you talk about that because one of the things that I constantly stress to people is that surround yourself with people who lift you, uplift you. Mm-hmm. And if you find that you are constantly being drained and depleted by certain people, maybe you have to be around them. Maybe it's a boss. Maybe it's a family member. But if you sequester yourself... And, and give only limited time to the toxicity that it causes you, you will be better off. And too many people feel as though they don't have the ability to make those choices. And in some cases, you don't. But we are affected by the five people we are around the most. And fear and uncertainty have been, it's a feature, not a bug anymore. And I'm afraid that that has caused more ill health. I mean, heck, my company's name is Wise Health, and we talk more about illness than we talk about wellness. And I find that very sad. Yes, definitely. And, And let me tell you two reasons why that's happening and how you can protect yourself. One of the reasons that is happening is because you become like the people that you're around, just mm-hmm. as you said. It's and contagious. In psychology, they call that like the law of attraction. That's mm-hmm. a very popular way to explain it. But in the energy realm, as an energist, I would say um, it's actually about in being in resonance, being in harmony, mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. you are tuned into, just like a different radio station. Sure. That is what you are going to resonate with. And so if you let these energy vampires, you can't see energetic attacks coming. You can see physical attacks, somebody with a baseball bat, but you can't see those energy attacks, but you can sure feel them. Like you said, you get that pit of your stomach feeling. So here's a couple techniques people can use to protect themselves. One is a shield. And just like in a battle, you can raise and lower an invisible shield. This is a technique that I've used with ER physicians dealing Mm -hmm. with the peak of COVID, um, putting up a shield when you need it, and literally just imagining a shield of light around you, Mm. or a, you can imagine it to be a plastic shield, whatever you want, but where your mind goes, your manifestation follows, and we're vibration, then we just put it, you know, the shield out there, and the mind, um, the body will react. And so um, doing that allows things to flow around you. And I caution to use a shield because you can raise it and lower it. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have negative experience and they're going to build a barrier. And a in my wall. book, right. yes, in my book, I talked about putting a barrier around my heart because of negative experiences that happened to me uh, throughout a lifetime. And when you build a barrier, it's like around a castle. You can't get in or out very easily, right? (laughs) Nope. There's that moat (laughs) with the alligators. 
Right, right. So don't build a barrier. Um, use a shield, take it up and down as you need it. And the second technique I call energy judo. And it's literally using the opponent's energy, mm. um, you know, to help defend yourself. And an example of that is someone is railing on social media about mm. something, mm. or maybe they attack you on social media. And so their energy is flowing in one direction. Well, your energy is going to want to flow in the, you know, against them. Mm -hmm. But what happens is this equal and opposite reaction. And you see this happening in every political debate. You see it happening in social Every debate. religious debate. Right, right. Climate change, you know, whatever. Whatever the topic, to right. And you can't win. Mm -hmm. um, so using renewable energy, you know, I fought that battle in the United States, in the Southeast <laughs> for, you know, 17 years, which also helped lead up to burnout. Yes. But um, in order to get the world's largest solar community through, um, I did not talk about climate change or sustainability or it's good for the planet. No, I talked about this is an economic deal that will make you more money on the real estate you already own. Right. And putting it in the language of the dollar or something that benefits everyone. Right. Otherwise, you're going to have the third law of motion. You're going to cancel each other out with equal right. and opposite reactions. So finding those things, which in that case was making money um, that everybody can get behind. Sure. And then you're adding momentum to what they want to do already. If someone's attacking you on social media, ask them a question, resist the urge to fight back and always say something like, you know what? Um, that is a interesting insight. You don't have to say you love it, you hate it, whatever. Sure. But acknowledge the energy that's coming at you and that immediately neutralizes it. And then the next thing you want to do is ask them a question. You know, it could be something like, what is your idea of some solution, something we could do better? It puts their brain literally yes. in a different place of thinking. Well, it's not fighting you anymore. It's yeah. it's not as as a high energy in a very negative fashion, and that's that's actual excellent diffusing. Another electrical term, um, excellent diffusing. Uh, I like that. That's an interesting insight. I use um, something similar. I say, you know, I hadn't considered it from that perspective. Mm -hmm. And then they, then they think they can win you over um, when really you're just trying to diffuse the tenseness of the situation. But reframing does help. I, li I like yours. I'm going to use that. Energy <laughs> judo. I like that. Energy judo. And what happens in a worst case scenario, Linda, they pause because they're yes. not expecting you they're to do shocked. that. They're shocked. You get a right. little more time to think about right. what you want to say constructively. In a best case scenario, um, they'll come back with a solution. You know, So what have you got to lose in trying a little bit different approach? And the hardest part for our human nature is to <laughs> not fight back right away right well i think we've all learned through mostly social media and and perhaps neighbors i'm not certain but we've learned that sometimes there is no possible way to have an amenable conversation right. they're so entrenched um, you may be even open to a discussion because conflict doesn't frighten you but if certain people are so entrenched you're just going to be 
banging your head against the wall. I liken it to having high peaks and low valleys. And if I can keep it more like meadows <laughs> flowing mm -hmm. better, then I'm not as exhausted. Yes. And yes. so I try and keep things in a neutral. Did you understand that analogy I just made? I you can't see my hands, but I <laughs> <laughs> I, I just made a rolling meadow motion. Uh, but I I really do think that we expend energy at the peaks and at the valleys. We do. We do. Negative and that's energy. that's the law of science. And yes. um, I have another um, behavioral theory and ontological theory about energy that I haven't started exploring fully yet. That okay. the peak and trough, the greater the peak, the greater the corresponding trough. So yes. you look at, you know, successful child stars or, or people that experience these horrible troughs in their right. life. And um, it's interesting to note that if we're at the bottom of a trough, if we feel like there's just no way out, there has to be because science says right. you're a wave and right. um, you will continue to, you know, go up and down. Now you might go close to the center and, you know, have a not so dramatic life, or you might have a wildly dramatic swings, but as far down as you are at some point, you're going to come back up always. It's so interesting because I was just having a discussion with someone else about, they said, I just want peace. And I said, I'm not certain you want peace because peace implies the opposite, which is war. Mm -hmm. But perhaps what you want is harmony where you have mm -hmm. different voices, different views and put together, it all sounds good. So exactly. I that's that's the word I tend to use when mostly with family situations where there are some differing opinions and they're not all you know the same but harmony is something we can seek because we understand how music sounds better when all of the parts are present that's right and interestingly musical notes colors um, vibrational um, mm -hmm. ranges they're all tied to our energy centers and that right. goes back to that you know science just supports like energy healing for example Mm -hmm. um, scriptures say, depending what religion you look at, but many of them talk about, um, people laying their hands on, right. Um, for healing. The laying on of hands touch. Right. And I explain it as your left palm has a negative charge. Your right palm has a positive charge. We know that we can jumpstart our car battery by putting <laughs> something, you know, the negative and positive charge. And so literally if I am working with a client, and connecting their chakras, I am telling them, okay, I'm on, you know, your solar plexus chakra now, and I'm also on your root chakra. And, you know, I'm connecting an electrical circuit. I'm making a circuit through my left arm out my right arm. And so it's very logical. I it's, love that. No hocus pocus about it. So um, it's this bridge, again, that gives language and confidence into things that we've believed for years and people have said just believe it it works it's faith and I'm such a curious critter you know I just me too. it all came together for me when um, I was in the jungles of Costa Rica and all now, tell things, us how you got there I got there because I was in burnout and you've talked about burnout we've mentioned it a bit earlier but I reached this point where um, I had just started empty nesting, a um, divorce after 21 years of marriage. My illness, I had uh, made myself ill, I believe. 
I had a cancer scare and related surgery with that. And uh, at my job, we talked about I was doing renewables, which was not something popular in the United States outside of a few states mm-hmm. um, at the time. So it was a lot of rah rah, you know, positivity um, with a lot of negativity coming at me for a lot of years. And right. so it led to this point of burnout. And I kept asking my grandmother, who had passed on, hey, um, should I quit my job? What should I do? What should I do? And I was so close to my grandma growing up. We did, Aww. we spent the summers together. And when she died, it was this transition. And Einstein tells us energy doesn't disappear or get created. It just changes forms, which mm-hmm. explains why I still could communicate with her. And instead of getting like, you know, I admire these people that can like see someone who's passed on and they just talk to them because that would be much more efficient. No, I got animals starting with a snake. (laughs) (laughs) So I saw snakes. And so that's where my book picks up is talking about the animal signs that I got once I was really tuned into listening to my intuition, listening to those messages from my grandmother. And the snakes, I saw them. So now, much. why snakes? Because, frankly, if I saw snakes, I would not think other than serpents. I was creeped out. Yes, <laughs> I would be. But, again, growing up in a household with teachers, you know, I knew they had a purpose. I knew to leave them True. alone. Um, I knew that, you know, they weren't going to harm me um, just to, to respect them. And so my friends started, you know, joking around. It was this ongoing joke. We, I went to spiritual teachers. I Googled, we read books. I mean, it was this thing where we were all trying to figure it out. And one day I'm at the end of my rope and I just, I didn't want to see any more humans. I was just fed Mm -hmm. up with life. And I'm like, could you just give me a billboard? Just tell me what this means. And I get another snake. And it was so big. I had to get off my bike, unclip, you know, I have the clipping kind yes, of yes, yes. road back. And I, I'm just mad. I'm trying to outrun it after that. Um, <gasps> no way. Up the hills and it hits me, Linda, like a just light bulb over my head, shed your skin. And it was so simple, shed your skin. It was right there in front of my face the whole time. They shed their skin because it literally holds them back. It right. doesn't They stretch. outgrow it. They right. outgrow it. And if they want to grow into their potential, they got to let it go. All of it, all those pressures, all of those shoulds and the should monster. And <laughs> the other reason they shed them is because parasites get in their skin. And that speaks to the illness and that mind body connection that you I didn't know that. talk about. Yeah. And so if they don't shed it, those parasites will make them ill and sick and they could die. And that was exactly what was happening with me. And I didn't see it. And my grandmother was trying to tell me the whole time. Well, she was Um, vivid about it. (laughs) Yes, yes, it was scary. The snakes weren't as bad as the scorpions, though. But, you know, that's another story in the book. I I haven't gotten to that part yet. Okay. (laughs) So once I got it, I quit my job the next week. I started giving away most of my things. And I went and lived near the jungles of Costa Rica for three months. And no cell phone service. There wasn't even an address where they could deliver mail um, where I stayed and no Wi-Fi service. And um, I absolutely spent that entire time uh, writing, journaling, feeling what Good. we type A women that are business people. You have no idea what you're talking about. 
Yeah. Never cry, you know, Mm -hmm. never let them see you sweat, never take time. I was running, you know, marathon after marathon, literally trying to outrun (sighs) the pain and the stress. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it was a great hobby, but it wasn't getting me anywhere. Well, Um, no, it wouldn't, but it was wearing you out. It was, it was making it so you could go to sleep. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, that was the big picture of, uh, my story, um, you know, raised on small farm, um, global executive, quitting the job, reaching burnout, um, going to the jungle and then connecting and this transformation that absolutely changed my life where I connected the dots of being able to tune in and we can all do it in our own way. I have to ask you a question though. Um, how did that process feel? Was it terrifying? Was it interesting? Did you view it as a third person looking at yourself? Was it a catharsis? Was it all those things or more? My answer is yes. It was, <laughs> <laughs> it okay. was all of those things. It was scary. I mean, the first time I yes. went on a jungle trail that had been carved out, you know, for hundreds of years by the locals, but I was alone in a foreign mm-hmm. country in the middle of nowhere. And um, I mean, I didn't know what the wild animals would do. The howler monkey came down and screamed at me and people warned me that they would throw poo at you oh. if they got angry at you. So um, it was fascinating. It was scary. I love animals. So, and I'm a nature person. So I mm-hmm. feel like I was better equipped than some to be in that environment. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was also horrifying. This, the sign where I was getting scorpions and saw eight of them within a 48 hour period, which is absolutely unheard of um, until I figured out why they were coming. Um, you know, that was very frightening. Yes. I'm, I'm not sure what I would do confronted with scorpions and snakes. <laughs> I, I'm glad that you have the background you have so that you can see the spirit, spirituality and your grandmother in all of that, because I, I think sometimes we are uh, reluctant to pay attention to our own patterns. And you said it took you a while before you were able to truly put it together and ask for a sign and those sorts of things. I, I'm glad you were talking out loud. Most people do when we get to a point where we can't keep it in any longer and there has to be a reason because we're logical scientific beings, but it's, it's very hard to say, I don't understand and I need help. Tabitha, after you realized all of this, you turned your life around and started turning other people's life around with your book. What are some of the things that you learned? Your book title says a lot of it about intuition. Talk about that. Yes, it's getting in touch with the signs around you, tuning in to what they are. Like I mentioned, the scorpions kept coming until I figured it out. Well, that ties back to the barrier versus the shield that we were Mm -hmm. talking about earlier Mm -hmm. today. I figured out that they represented this exoskeleton, this hard barrier that um, was holding in their soft little bodies on the inside, that they were, they had this brazen attitude and this exoskeleton that wouldn't let people get close to them. Mm -hmm. And I was being that way with love. And so as soon as I figured that out and invited love back in, then they stopped coming and I Mm -hmm. didn't see anymore. And so the book is written 
to help others understand that at our core, we are all exactly made of the same beautiful, wonderful energy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, 4 billion people on our planet believe in a monotheistic religion. Mm-hmm. And these religions are different ways and different expressions. But guess what? They all point to the same source of renewable power yes. that allows us to love and have capacity to do great things, including healing ourselves and others. And so the things in common, that's what my book is about. Yes. We're born into different ethnicities and genders and stereotypes and socioeconomic backgrounds and educational um, opportunities. But guess what? When you look on the inside, all of those things fall away because we are all energists at our core. You can be left or right or black or white or Baptist or Buddhist, and none of that matters because we're energists at our core together. And I had this passion. Once I had that epiphany, Mm -hmm. I've got to share this with others. There's too much hate in this world. There's too much uncertainty. People don't know that they have a tool. And by the way, if they are all logical minded and want science-based, I put little science nuggets throughout (laughs) explaining all of this so that, you know, it's not just another um, spiritual book um, written in the context of just believe it. It's actually showing fact and evidence and science. So people can relate. I have to bring in our brains are wired for negative things to help us survive. But when you change the way you think and view the world, you're building new positive neural pathways. The energy flows in a different default. That's right. That's absolutely right. And it's, it's tragic. Today, you look mm-hmm. at 85% of people are unhappy at work, according to a recent Gallup poll. And they're unhappy because they feel like they have to do um, the same thing. And we've seen in recent months, this prolific shift of people wanting to have purpose at work. They're leaving Mm -hmm. their jobs, finding and following their passion. And I'm here to say each of us can find it in our own way, going back to finding the things that you lose track of time when you're doing Mm -hmm. that. Maybe you get goosebumps, maybe you're humming subconsciously, but find ways to do more of that at work. You don't have to do it all at once. Just do one more this week and then another. You don't have to figure out your life purpose all at once. Just do one little waypoint and then do something else that makes you feel a little better. And you're raising your vibe. Each time you do that, you're getting a little more positive. You know, I, I think a lot of people fear taking actions. The change scares them. It absolutely does. And risk-taking is one of the most popular things at the end of our lives. I talk about this in my book, where people regret not taking more risk. Yes. I did tons of yoga while I was in Costa Rica. There was this little area under a thatched hut uh, where I would go and take my little towel and be upside down in all different directions with (laughs) these bats. And seven little bats came and hung out with me. And I finally figured out one day about two months in that the bats themselves, they have to take the risk of letting go and plunging to their deaths. Right. They can't take off from the ground. Right. They have, they have to take the risk of letting go. And that's exactly the wayfinding that I was doing as, I, as my life was totally transposed upside down. 
um, these bats are saying, look, I'm upside down too, but if I let go, if I take the risk to take I will action, fly. I will. And so will you. I love that. You mentioned something about uh, the samurai technique. Yes, the samurai technique is one I have used with women in the workplace for many years uh, before I wrote the book. It is um, basically the samurai warriors would imagine their death before mm -hmm. a battle. Mm -hmm. And so I always advise people, what is the worst possible thing right. that happens? You're not going to die. Chances are um, your boss might get mad at you. If you ask for a raise, your you know, spouse might get upset. <laughs> you might offend someone, you know, but typically nobody's going to die. So go through that process in your mind and ask yourself, what is the absolute worst thing that could possibly happen? And if you're still energized by the thought of doing it, do it. Go for Take it. Take the risk. Go yeah. for it. You know, you, you make a really good point. It's why entrepreneurs tend to have a great deal of purpose. Mm -hmm. It's why those who go off on new ventures late in life, later in life, um, find themselves revived and renewed. Uh, it, there's a way to stay young. And to, in my view, that's with lifelong learning and experiences. And sure, we're going to end up with, quote, enriching experiences at time. But, you know, if, if you're still living, you're still learning and you're still growing. That's right. And if you look at organizations, and I know you do a lot of business consulting as well, mm -hmm. you, that life cycle, their goal is to hop onto the next growth right. curve before the one they're on dies. Like Blockbuster right. didn't make the leap, but Amazon <laughs> did. And so True. it's the same with us. How many people do you know that once they retired, like oh. they felt the expectations for their life were over and they fizzled and passed. So nobody <laughs> is putting limits on you. So that's the should monster talking. You should stop working at a certain age. You should be healthy. You should, um, you know, be perfect, whatever. Really? Well, if I, I have never had a desire to be perfect. And I've said that to my children. If you thought I was perfect, let me dissuade you of that notion. But I do love what you talk about in terms of taking chances, looking at what is the worst possible thing that could happen and knowing that you are taking a chance means you have at least 50% possibility of being positive. One thing we learned throughout 2020 was that we most of us have a 100% chance of making it through the next day. We made, we made ourselves go through hard things. And that is really amazing because we didn't go through the same thing. That's true. That's true. And, and one of the little tips that I included in the book, it's actually uh, from someone else, but um, it if you take a coin, if you have a decision to make, mm -hmm. boil it down to a yes or no. Am I, do I want to take that job or not? Mm -hmm. And then say heads or yes, tails or no. Once you flip the coin, <laughs> look at the answer and immediately your intuition will be the answer. Yes, right. Because if you immediately think, oh, let's do the best two out of three, then don't do it. <laughs> if you immediately feel relief or joy, right. do it, do it. I like that. I'll, I'll call that the, the flip a coin method. I like That's that. Right. You know, we I, I've so enjoyed talking with you today. And um, your book is called Trust Your Animal Instincts. And I'll put the link to it in our show um, 
notes, but also finding out more about you can be found at powering-potential.com. And I urge you all to go there because clearly, as you've heard, Tabitha has the tiger by the tail because we have to go with animal analogies. <laughs> and I'm really glad we're past the scorpions, snakes, and even the bats. But at any rate, Tabitha, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, your journey. And I'm looking forward to finishing the book. My pleasure. It's been a blast, Linda. Look forward to talking again soon. That would be terrific. Have a wonderful week, everyone. Make it a good one. Thank you for tuning in today. You can find more shows at wisehealthforwomenradio.com.